it's Friday the 23rd of February. I'm Miranda Sawyer and it must be my turn to be speaker now. Welcome back to Papercuts, the modern newspaper review, where we put all of the UK papers into a reason room with a group of MPs and let them get on with it. Once the blood has dried, we gather at the shredded bits and stick them all together to make the best newspaper ever. And we'd like to say a big thank you to all of you who've joined our fabulous Papercut Supporters Club. Your generosity is allowing us to continue our plucky indie battle with nasty big media. And be assured, we spend your money wisely on settling our large newspaper bill, on paying our keen young producers and on keeping Fergus Craig in what his invoice says is fruit and flowers. And if you too would like to get ad-free episodes, a special extra funny bit, maybe even a Papercuts mug or a t-shirt, then why not rush to the show notes and click on back.papercutsshow.com to see how you too can become a Papercut supporter. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Are you quite sure you're okay? Liz Truss and Suella Braverman lose the plot again. Who let the dog out? Joe Biden's German shepherd causes havoc. And... Do you believe in life after love? Elsina and Tom are over, a source reveals, and at least one of us is heartbroken. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we've got the headline and the pap shot. We're just waiting for an actual story. I'm Miranda Sawyer and joining me today is host of The Bunker and proud owner of Cheese... That's a dog. It's Jacob Jarvis. Hi, Jarv. Morning, Miranda. My dog's name is very stupid, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And also with us is comedian and proud eater of cheese. That's not the dog. It's Fergus Craig. Hi, Ferg. Hi, guys. So what have we got on the front pages today? What do you have? Jarvis. The Eye has a some quite good news, potentially, but slightly boring standing news as the Eye generally is. But new Brexit deal on food and cars could be agreed with Labour, say EU officials. So if Keir Starmer wins the general election, which let's not jinx it, but it looks like could happen, the EU will offer Labour a chance to reset trade arrangements with with the bloc there. So that's, uh, that's some good news. Yeah. Then on the Times... Fake tears and tricks of the charity fundraisers. So this is quite a strange one about people trying to secure donations for Great Ormond Street Hospital being taught how they can guilt people into giving money. But there's this this bloke who apparently is saying he can he can cry on cue and do that, which I I don't know. I mean if a fundraiser came to my door and just started crying. I don't know if it would convince <laughs> me. I feel like I'd be very alarmed and worried for them, but I don't think I'd immediately go. I feel so bad I'm going to sign up. But yeah, some pretty dodgy tactics, but for a for a good cause. I think that's what I thought. I thought I it's but it's for Great Ormond Street, to be honest. You know, they could just lie on the floor going, give money for yeah. sick kids. And I kind of go, that's fair enough. Then yeah. they've also got Parliament can't bend to intimidation warned Sunak. So this is around the the chaos that came over the votes around a ceasefire. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll return more to that later mm-hmm. in the show to discuss. The Guardian has uh, the headline, which could just be going to the doctor is good for you, which is seeing same GP each visit cuts workloads and improves health. Can so, we just say, duh? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, at the moment, if you can get to see your GP is one thing, getting to see a regular one. I don't know my GP's name. Whenever you get asked that on a form, I think yeah, I don't fucking that? know the person who they, they put me in front of. So, yeah, that's a... Uh, a story, and then they've got a very sad story of family mourn boy shot by IDF, and uh, mm. yeah, that's touching on the just the horrific situation over in the Middle East. And then the Daily Telegraph has 
At the top, the great menopause debate, are we right to class a woman's midlife as a period of disability in their features? Mm. Let's and ignore then, that. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Speaking as a middle-aged Yeah, woman. okay. <laughs> I'll defer to, to you on that one. <laughs> and then they've got, I have the Russian soldiers in my sights, but no shells too far at them. And they've got a, they've got a dispatch from Ukraine as it's coming up to two years since Russia invaded Ukraine. Mm. So all quite glum, I'm afraid. Let's go to the tabloids. What do you have, Ferg? Uh, More glum initially, I'm afraid. I've got the Daily Mail. uh, Outrage as genocide message is beamed on Big Ben. Somebody beamed uh, the phrase from the river to the sea uh, onto Big Ben, which is, of course, considered a hate slogan by many Jews. The Sun has uh, the story of, I don't know how much you've been following um, the ups and downs of Elle Goulding's marriage, but... uh, Ellie. Is it Ellie Goulding? Yeah. Clearly, I haven't been following it as (laughs) as much as I should do. She was married to a posh guy. That's why they're interested. Aren't they all? Mm. Aren't they all? Uh, Married Ellie and her surf hunk. There are pictures with her and a surf instructor in Costa Rica uh, confirming, I guess, it says here that the marriage is no longer um, intact. But if, you know, if you're going to rebound, yeah. a surf instructor in Costa Rica is not the worst way to go, I'd imagine. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> not from personal experience. Not from personal experience. <laughs> Uh, the Daily Mirror has uh, the story of an OAP who was jailed for smuggling one million pounds of cocaine on a cruise ship. And he's spoken out for the first time. <laughs> My regrets. <laughs> That's the headline. My regrets. The interview was conducted in a kitchen at 4am as well. <laughs> uh, he says that he was um, he was just carrying a suitcase for a friend he says i can understand why people don't believe me i blame myself i should have checked my stupidity caused this (laughs) we've all done it um and uh the daily star has uh the story of uh joe biden's dog sleepy joe biden's dog bit secret service team 24 times in nine months and the headline is rough justice yeah we love it Now, there are a few different stories about politicians on the front pages today, surprise, that we've decided to group under our own headline. And that headline is Politicians Are Bananas. So, Jav, let's start with Politicians Are Bananas, part one. Uh, We're starting with Liz Truss, right? Liz Truss is basically was so shit as prime minister that she's invented a conspiracy theory to explain that (laughs) is essentially what seems to have happened. So she is over at CPAC, which is this big conservative conference in America. Trump's there. Farage is kicking about, you know, a lot of the, the worst people in the world get into one place and talk about bollocks, really, for the most part. And her particular brand of bollocks has been claiming that the civil service has been infiltrated by extremists. So she talks about trans activists and environmental extremists kicking out the civil service and it all been this kind of deep state thing. And she actually said there at the thing, she said, there's like, you have the deep state, we have, we have quangos and these, uh, all these different groups in, in the UK keeping the, uh, the conservative brand and message and plan down. So she's essentially, to be honest, talked quite a lot of rubbish. She also slagged off Joe Biden and said that he was a weak leader, which for someone who, 
you know, ran the country for only 45 days before getting ousted by her own party uh, for being so terrible is probably not really the uh, the smartest thing to say. Yeah, it also seems quite weird to me. So basically what she's saying is that, that Britain is run by people who are really woke. That's what she's saying. Is Britain yeah. is run by people who are really woke. But the people who are in charge of the country are the Tories. That's what I don't really understand yeah, what she's saying. Yeah, she was very much in charge. And the people who really seemed to bring her down was the financial markets yeah. who got who I would say are not really woke left-wing commie activists as far as I know you know but uh she hasn't really got as much attention as she probably hoped for the telegraph has got a good chunk about it online and then the mail has a very little sort of sidebar story here and there's a couple of places about it but the star thankfully <laughs> which we can always trust is that the star really is the paper that seems to be getting the the tone of everything at the moment. And they have said, Lettuce Liz, I didn't get us in state. But yeah, they've uh, they've just taken the piss, thankfully, which is quite good. And they've uh, they've quoted Diane Abbott, who pointed out that uh, you know, she crashed the economy, sparking a mortgage market meltdown. And uh, you know, it was kind of her idiocy around the economy that actually screwed up. Essentially, she's gone too far to be accepted by British conservative, so she's gone, maybe the Americans might be weird enough yeah. to think that I'm cool. Do, tennis historians will remember <laughs> <laughs> that Bjorn Bjorg yeah. won uh, Wimbledon five times in a row yeah. okay. and then lost and disappeared for 30 years mm. because of the shame of it. Yeah, Liz Truss <laughs> had... The worst prime ministership in living memory in all of history. But she won't go away. The confidence of that woman is extraordinary. I'm fascinated by her. Yeah, she is kind of amazing. There is that thing where you feel like she's a little bit like um, one of those people that goes on The Apprentice. Do you know what I mean? They're just yeah. like she wears a similar thing, her hair similar, and she's just constantly confident, even though everything is falling around her. Well, it, it, she's got two things going on, it, hasn't she? Because she's she's so awkward. She's not outwardly confident, mm. but her actions suggest unbelievable confidence, right? So she, there's there's two things going on there. Um, it's odd to see her in America in CPAC trying to find her audience. It's a bit like sort of, it's like 50 Cent being in Emmerdale. Like... <laughs> <laughs> or the other way around. It's like yeah. somebody from Emmerdale going to like a hip hop yeah. gig. <laughs> yeah, it's a, but, it, but it's like 50 Cent is like, well, yes, you do do a bit of acting. I understand. But this is probably the wrong place for you to make your career. It just doesn't fit quite. I get why you want to do it. It just doesn't quite fit yeah so look we've also got politicians of bananas part two haven't uh-huh. we and this is um suella braverman oh, she's yeah. back <laughs> so parliament this week and the commons i would say hasn't exactly covered itself in glory there was a no. whole vote over a ceasefire which kind of just de- descended into being about politics and brinkmanship between different political parties and now is resulting in pressure against the speaker when realistically the vote should have been about what it was about was that there are people really horrifically suffering now because of that so a a large part around it was how speaker lindsey hall broke convention to take on this labor amendment which he said was to do with the 
concerns around the safety of MPs because uh, you know, this is clearly an issue where a lot of people are very angry and very upset and there's a lot of protest around it and some MPs had felt unsafe due to the sort of backlash they could get around whatever way they were to vote on these things. But Keir Starmer had a meeting with Lindsay Hoyle in the Reason Room. Uh, John Elledge explained this on the podcast yesterday, probably much better than I am. So people go back and listen to that <laughs> if you haven't, because he's smarter than me. But uh, it's all been spoken about now as if that Labour and Lindsay Hoyle buckled to pressure of extreme people within the protest groups. And so what Bravman is saying, which is a surprise to me, is that Islamists are now in charge of Britain, Suella Braverman has mm. said, which is strange because I thought the Conservatives hadn't held an election yet, despite people wanting, and I thought they were still in charge. But apparently, according to her, they are not. So she's criticised police for playing favourites with pro-Palestine protesters and accuses Keir Starmer of being in hock to the extremists and taking taking the Speaker hostage with a grubby backroom deal over the Labour amendment. It's really, really loaded um, language, isn't it? It's very, like... I've, I've, yeah. I read the piece and I thought, God, it's really quite extreme. It's mm. quite, it is quite bananas. Well, it's this, this doom spiral of fucking hypocrisy from these people of going, you played politics and now I'm going to play politics over how you were playing politics to fund my narrative agenda and this whole, you know, it kind of goes into the culture is, war, honestly, which is a phrase I don't like to say because it's it, it, it shouldn't really exist. It's, look, it's I'm just just going to quote what shit. she says, right? Because it's so mad. Mm -hmm. We are sleepwalking into a ghettoized society where free expression and British values are diluted, where Sharia law, what? The Islamist mob and anti-Semites take over communities. This is a crisis and the fight back must start now with urgency. I mean, it's awful. The thing is also criticising a group for being sort of considering them violent and then saying we must launch a fight back. It's just awful. And this honestly. language, it's just, yeah, it's a lot of horrible shit. Now, on the front of the star, proud to love animals, are two doggo stories. One is the sad tale of Bobby, who died believing he was the oldest dog in the world and was given a Guinness Book of Records award posthumously to say that, yes, he was, but he wasn't, sadly, because he was clearly two different dogs. <laughs> the other story is about Commander, Joe Biden's German shepherd dog. Ferg, what has Commander been up to? Commander is, yes, as you say, Joe Biden's dog. It was given to Joe Biden by his brother in mm. December 2021, but it bit Secret Service agents at least 24 times between October 22nd and J July 23rd, which is coincidentally my birthday, and has now left in disgrace. Mm. It's serious. Yeah. It's really serious. These are big, and also it's the agents that he's, biting which yeah. i think is quite weird so it's like they're there to protect joe biden but the dog is like no 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 you're attacking my owner so i'll i will bite you so it's i mean it's chaos well we all get to that stage of life you know it's time to put him down <laughs> and i am talking about the president <laughs> <laughs> um, i mean this it is mental i mean that one you have to ask if it was given to him by his brother mm. There are already questions about the um, connections and motivations of some people in the Biden family. Who is Joe Biden's <laughs> brother working for? What is going on? Has, any, has anyone looked at the dog's laptop? <laughs> 
There's 400 pages of a report about this dog, you know. 400 yeah. pages. So the dog is still alive. Yeah. But where is the dog right now? It's with... Well, it's is, been... it, is it in the studio? Is it in the studio now? <laughs> <laughs> it's been shipped out to suppose... Well, it didn't say for ages and then a bit of digging said to a family member. So maybe he sent it back to the brother. But we don't know. It might be in a correctional facility for all we know. We mm. just really don't know. Some of the details are quite dark, aren't they? Yeah, well, there was this one detail in the star, I think it was, that I saw where... There was a tour of the White House happening and there was so much blood because of an attack from this dog that oh they had to God. say, hey, can we just, can we go another way? Like, no, you, you do don't not, you don't want to look at the Oval Office. It's shit. It's not as impressive <laughs> as you'd imagine. Come, we've got this cupboard you can look at that's blood free. Come look there. So yeah, it's, uh, it's strange. I mean, the eye has gone into, has done a deep dive of it and tried to make it all about politics too and how it's apparently showing that it's just Joe Biden's incredibly stubborn. And that's what this ah. is all indicating. And uh, the do dog's bloody rampage shows how stubborn Biden is. You have to be the president to get away with having a dog yeah. who continually bites your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels like an 80s comedy where someone is <laughs> someone in a space style. De Dennis Quaid has been inserted into the body of a dog to assassinate the president. <laughs> <laughs> It is a bit like that, definitely. Now, it's Friday, which means it's time for Fix a Headline. Hooray! This is the one and only Paper Cuts competition where we give you a great story with an ungreat headline and you lovely listeners think up a better one. And today we found you a story from the Daily Star in which it says that the National Trust plans to install we polls which is poles to we on, rather than little poles, to protect, <laughs> to protect historic buildings and trees from dog urine. The headline, Pooch, Piddle, Poles, Please, which is a bit of a mouthful. We think you can do better. In fact, we know it. Just send your excellent ideas to at Show on threads or Twitter with the hashtag fix the headline and we'll choose a winner on Monday. There is a Papercuts t-shirt at stake. What about today? Have we got any better headlines than that, Jav? So in the star, there is a story about these swearing parrots, so the, the African greys, which mm. are based up in uh, Lincolnshire Wildlife Park, who just won't stop swearing. So there's eight potty-mouthed African greys, and they've been introduced to a 92-bird flock of what they've called polite peckers there, which uh, to, I assume to stop them from swearing. But the issue is that people see the birds think it's really funny that they swear and swear at them to sort of egg them on there's a really good quote here from uh, Lincolnshire Wildlife Park's chief executive Steve Nichols who said we often hear people swearing at the parrots more so in fact than we do the parrots swearing at them visitors still get great joy from it uh, <laughs> so it's it's all going it's all going a little bit wrong and they've got the headline oh for flock's sake perfect I love those parrots on page nine of the star Rising cost of potatoes due to rain. So the chips are down for spud lovers due to rocketing cost of potatoes. Storms have left fields waterlogged, putting uh, pressure on supplies and pushing up the price of chips, mash and roasties by more than 20%. Apparently. That's a lot. That, yeah, that does feel like quite a lot. They've gone for the headline, Spuddy Hell. So we've had two sweary headlines then. Mm. Very good. And finally, from me, page 23 of the Star. So a plane passenger was caught with dozens of rare live animals in his luggage, including Komodo dragons and deadly snakes. He was apprehended at check-in whilst trying to send his luggage to the, to the cargo hold. 
And we can guess the headline. Yeah, we can guess the headline right now. <laughs> they've gone for the headline, snakes not on a plane. <laughs> okay, Ferg, what do you have? Uh, apparently, uh, divorces have plummeted to their lowest level since 1971. And the reason is that it's too expensive to divorce. Mm. The headline in The Sun is cost of leaving crisis. That's quite a good one. I mean, sad, but a good one. Sure. Um, and another sad story with a good headline. Uh, three Brits were injured when a wild party involving seven Thai sex workers turned into a knife battle in a what? row over payment. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I have an alibi. Um, uh, yes, this happened in Thailand, I think, in Phuket. The headline is Thai Noon. <laughs> That's just so bad taste, isn't it? Amazing. It is bad taste, but good headline. Good headline. Yeah. And I I learned from the Daily Star that uh, sadly we are the least satisfied nation in the bedroom, uh, which I which I take personal responsibility for. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the headline is more sex, please. We're British. Okay. <laughs> Now, in The Independent, there is an interesting feature about Marlow Books, a lovely town to the west of London. Lucky Marlow is getting a Weatherspoons, but the residents are not happy. Our intern has been to Marlow and he says that Gales is on the lower end of the coffee shops. That's just how posh it is. OK, so Fergus, are the people of Marlow right to be unhappy about getting a spoons? Well, Ryan Coogan mm. has written a great comment comment piece about this in The Independent. It's a really enjoyable... It's really funny, isn't it? It's a it great piece. It is funny. It's mm. good. Uh, Ryan tells us that uh, the people of Marlow feel that they're, they're too good to have a Weatherspoons, that it'll attract the wrong kind of people to the town. Mm. But he points out that the idea that a pub will attract the wrong people to Marlow is very funny because it implies the existence of a scenario where somebody would travel to a Weatherspoons <laughs> instead of simply going to one two minutes from their own house. <laughs> Which, which is a good point. It's a brilliant point. Yeah. And then it, I actually delved into the comments. Someone makes uh, the point. I, I don't know. If this is tongue in cheek, or they mean it. Uh, Edmund in the comments on the Independent says the idea of putting one of these establishments in a well-to-do area is not a new one. Take neighbouring Henley, for example. It gives the lower classes a place to be rather than clogging up other establishments and open spaces while they are not working. <laughs> Open spaces. <laughs> oh. So one is able to enjoy the company of those in a similar station. I mean, that must be a joke. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> I, I, really I don't know. Marlowe and Henley, you do kind of think, well, it really might not be a joke. So basically, yeah, the argument for the people mm. in Marlowe is it's okay. You can put all the plebs in one place and then walk past them. So, I mean, that's their argument, surely. Yeah, that that comments made me viscerally angry. To the point <laughs> I really, really hope is satire, but it's na nailed it. But exactly, you're not going to if you're going to spoons because it's really cheap. You're not going to pay to travel to go. No, that's just a so false economy. Mad. Is but... it's so bananas. I'm from a really posh town, right? Which is just outside. It's very nouveau riche, just outside Manchester, where all the footballers live. And I remember when they were going to put a McDonald's in there. We were really excited. We we're teenagers. Mm. We were like, "This is brilliant. We're going to get McDonald's." The arguments. I cannot tell you. They had to do the McDonald's, the McDonald's kind of M. They had to tone it down. <laughs> 
Mm. <laughs> they had to agree to tone it down to fit in with the general vibe. Mm. And then there was another um, town even closer and they just wouldn't have it at all. I mean, people, did, they got really upset about it. It's it completely mad. Some spoons can be vaguely posh as well, really. It all depends on what building they've decided to take over. Very they take true. over some very sort of art deco cool buildings, which are which are quite nice. So... Yeah. I mean, also, I don't know why I'm engaging with the idea that it's wrong that there's <laughs> certain types of people who shouldn't go to the pub. <laughs> like, anyone can go to the fucking pub anyway. But I think just the people who go will be the people who, who live there anyway. Yeah, there's a really brilliant um, bit. There's a bit in Ryan's, uh, Ryan's piece, which I think is almost like poetry. He says, we're all above Weatherspoons until we're not. Until we're on a night out and we're too tired to party but not tired enough to go home. Until we only have £6.53 left in our pocket, but still aren't quite drunk enough to feel like the night was worth it. Until we really, really can't be bothered with a Tinder date, but we already agreed and it's too late to cancel. This is, that's beautiful. That is a beautiful piece of poetry about Witherspoons. I've just got one more story to mention. It is a very sad story, so I hope you're going to be able to cope with it. It was in the Sun and the Mail yesterday, and it is about Papercut's favourite, Elsina K. Rover. I'm just going to explain to you too. <laughs> and, but I mean, regular listeners know about Elsina. She is, I mean, basically a Russian socialite. She was once married to this massively rich diamond dealer called Dmitry Tsvetkov. And she used to live in a £22 million Surrey mansion. She's got a £1 million handbag collection. She's a lovely, happy single mother. She has been dating Tom Cruise secretly for a couple of months. But <laughs> and this is what a source, which we do agree is probably Elsina, has been telling the papers. There's been no evidence about this at all because apparently they, when they go out, they've been in disguise. Just so you might have seen them, but you didn't know. Anyway, the news is, we're very sorry to say, that they split up. I know you're sad about this. Mm. You look very sad. She sounds like the only person whose dating history could make it seem like going out with Tom Cruise is that you're going out with a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> like she's she's yeah, gone down. She, she dumped him. Yeah. She was like, oh, I don't know with it. Anyway, I've been very invested in this romance, if perhaps not everybody else in this room. <laughs> because basically, every time it appeared in the papers, it was from a source. And we know pretty much that it was Elsina. And we kind of suspect she might have imagined the whole thing. But anyway, apparently, Tom is said to have cooled off the romance, but he wanted to remain friends with Elsina because they live in the same apartment block in London. And I kind of think... Enough. Do they? <laughs> Do they really? But anyway, apparently it would have been it would have been awkward if they bumped into each other in the lift. I think he may not live there. Anyway, it's okay. We checked her Instagram account and she was looking fabulous in a lace and silver gown and sniffing a really brilliant. Well, it's actually gorgeous, actually beautiful pink and white flower arrangement. And with the uh, with the Instagram tag, the smell of spring is in the air. So we think she's going to be okay. Do you ever think Tom Cruise would not be awkward in a lift? He's quite strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just meeting them, meeting just them generally. Him, yeah. yeah, anyway, so I was very invested in this romance and it's sadly over, but I, I'll continue to be invested in Elsina. Perhaps I'm being prejudiced, but I always have this sense that um, Russians are sort of like about 20 years behind the culture and 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 that sort of adds up for someone deciding that their fake boyfriend is Tom Cruise. <laughs> you know, there are... There, As opposed there, to Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> yes, there are more, there are better options available. 
And that's the end of today's paper cuts. Thanks to Jav. Thank you very much, Miranda. And thanks to Ferg. No, thank you. And of course, thanks to you, lovely listeners, especially our paper cut supporters who get a shout out on every show. Jav, who do you have? It's hello and thank you so much to Rosie Callahan and MF Gilliam or MF Gilliam. I'm not sure if it's a soft or hard G or what, so you can get Either both. Either way, the MF, the muffles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I rate that. And uh, it's a high from me and a you are fab to As Richards and Penny Ulez Bergeron. Mm. Would you have gone for that as a pronunciation? I would have gone for, for Jules Bergeron. Jules Bergeron. Yeah. So that's it. Subscribe to us and we will butcher your name. (laughs) (laughs) It's hi and I've always loved you to Alice Sowerby and Ashley Boyle. No idea if that one was good. Um, I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when a mystery artist is being sought by police in Dartford after pillar boxes were spray painted to look like Mr Blobby. Noel Edmonds is suing for copyright, of course. See you on Monday. Papercuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Fergus Craig and Jacob Jarvis. It was produced by Liam Tate and Adam Wright, edited by Robin Lieburn, with socials by Kieran Leslie. Our music's by Simon Williams, designed by Jim Parrott and original art by Modern Toss. The group editor is Andrew Harrison, managing editor Jacob Jarvis and executive producer Martin Boytosh. Papercuts is a Podmasters production.